It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Although Ellen Tarns hasn't made a quilt, she has made something that every quilter is going to want. With her invention, she is being drawn to our quilts. She is even filling her house with them. It's amazing how our lives take different twists and turns that give us opportunities to use our ideas in greater ways. Ellen, I wanted to thank you for postponing our interview a few weeks ago when my mom passed away. And I am so happy to get to interview you now. Thanks, Paula. This is an honor. I'm really looking forward to this. I hope I give all my information in the order that everybody's going to understand. I'm sure you will. Let's start with, tell me about where you were born and raised. I was born in New York. Most people don't know there are five boroughs in New York, and I didn't live in Manhattan. I lived in the Bronx, and it was an amazing childhood, very different from what people imagine New York City's about. It's more suburban than people would imagine, and I loved it there. We could walk to all of my relatives or most of my relatives. It was safe. It was fun. And that's where I was born. Oh, nice. And do you have a special childhood memory there? Well, as I mentioned, I could walk to all my aunts, my grandparents, my cousins. And I had one grandmother that lived maybe one block away. And we used to spend a lot of time together. One grandmother was a professional seamstress, but this grandmother wasn't. So we would sew little things. And one of the best memories was she showed me how to sew an apron and make it exactly my size because they didn't make it for little girls. And I still have that apron and I love it. I have it somewhere safe. And I loved it. I love the idea of being able to do that with my grandmother and keep that memory. I could only imagine being able to walk to a grandparent's house. It was interesting because I could go to either grandparent, and they always had food. One was Jewish, one was Italian, so food was very important. And then I can walk down the hall because a lot of the grandparents lived in uh, apartment buildings, and I can walk down the hall and visit my cousins and my aunt. So it was just fun to have that experience. Yeah. Wow. I'm just thinking how blessed you are because my grandmother lived in New York State and I grew up in California. So to be able to just walk down the street to visit is so neat. It was. Definitely. Definitely was. I loved it. I was blessed. Mm-hmm. I take it you went clear through high school there? Yes. I went to a high school called the High School of Music and Art. It was a specialty school in New York, down in Manhattan. I'd take two buses and two trains, and it was interesting. It was, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of work. And then from there, I went to Fashion Institute of Technology, and I was a fashion illustrator. I kind of always had this creative edge. What happened was I didn't like the direction 
that I was going into, and I've taken a lot of U-turns, uh, changes in my life, both in my regular life and my career. So I took a break, and then I went to another school called the School of Visual Arts. And from there, I practiced advertising design, copywriting, graphic design. It was just a great thing. And that was, again, I traveled from the Bronx that was in Manhattan. So I was used to being on the trains, on the buses all the time. So after I graduated from that school, I went into advertising, didn't like it, didn't want to promote junk. And eventually I went to magazines. One of the magazines was National Lampoon Magazine, if anybody knows that. It was quite an experience with those guys. And then after I left there, I started my own design business. I directed it towards children. And eventually I started specializing in children's books and loved it. Again, it's a blessing to be able to have your passion as your career. And I had that for about 30, 36 years. So again, it was just a wonderful experience to have that. And it was in Manhattan and my clients were all over the country and I loved working with them. And I loved working the idea that I could show children, teach children not being in the classroom teaching them, but teach them all over the world, all over the country with my talents. Wow. Now I'm picturing, and I might be wrong, with the design, does that mean you were the illustrator? I was the art director. Now an art director isn't an illustrator and isn't a photographer and isn't a writer, but they direct all of these people. I could be on a project where I had 100 illustrators and photographers that I would assign a project. It could be a whole series of illustrations. It could be a whole book. It could be one. It could be one photograph. But I would direct them by, of course, by choosing the style I liked. And then once they worked on the project, I would give them the specs and take them through the sketches and take them to the finals. And again, I you know, didn't move my hands by drawing them, but I would get them to meet the needs of the project. Well, it always amazes me the detail that goes into jobs and items that we have no clue. That is so neat. Yeah. Wow. Well, I know you were born and raised in New York, and now you're in Florida. Can you tell me how you got from one place to the other? Well, yeah. My business, I lost all my clients to offshore designers, I mean, in India, and I couldn't compete with the dollar an hour fees that they would pay the employees. So I eventually decided I was getting older, and I didn't want to make the three flights of steps in my house. I always said, oh, I'll never move to Florida. I'll never move to Florida. And here I am, and I love it. My whole direction of what I do has changed, and I love the options down here. Not only the weather, but I also usher at a very large theater. I volunteer. My life is full, and plus my business is of course, changed because of my invention. Mm -hmm. 
of the quilt keeper. Yes. Well, before we go into talking about the quilt keeper, I have mm -hmm. just a couple more questions. Are there crafts that you do or have done? Because I had uh, children and a business, I really didn't have that extra time to do anything. I did pottery for a while. I always painted. I kind of did it in between my other busy days. And it wasn't until now that I retired that I can do it all. I'm painting and I'm going back to sculpture. And again, my life is totally different now. Well, it must be exciting that you have this product called the Quilt Keeper. Share with me, how did this idea come up in your head and what was the process like? It was really interesting because I lived in one house in New York, in Queens. Now I moved from the Bronx to Queens. And in that house, I had a cedar chest at the foot of my bed. And on that, I would put my bedding, depending on the weather and season, whatever, it would kind of hang it over there. And then I moved to another house and I did not have that. Because New York, the weather changes. And years ago, it used to be you had bedspreads that you put on and you took it off, depending on if there was company or not. But when the season changes, you had to put all the changes of bedding in closets and in the attic. And it was not an easy chore. And then you couldn't have easy access to any of it. Pretty much you took it down and then it was there. So I was thinking, where can I put this? bedding and again you know later on it turned to quilts but where can I put this bedding and you can't put it on a regular rack or a towel rack or anything like that because you couldn't weave it into the back of it and especially if it's high on the door you can't get up there so I was thinking well what if the bar came off the rest of the rack I always like to puzzle things and I've invented other things but this is my baby I figured, okay, I need something to hang a bar on. So I went into a plant store, a nursery, and I bought two very large plant hangers that had long hooks. So whenever anything's on it, it could swing something further out. So I got two of those, and then I found a very sturdy, solid metal towel rack. And I brought it to a car shop that has the ability to add metal. And it took this rack, it added metal, and it added these two loops. I designed it, I made them add two loops that hung on the door. So this was my first try, and I kept it for 10 years, not thinking, you know, it's me, and it worked, and I loved it, and I didn't have to go climbing up into closets to get anything. And I loved it. And then my business went down and I said, you know, I looked at it and I said, you know, I wonder if I could sell this. I love it. I wonder if other people would too. So I did have it manufactured, but I didn't have it as an over the door because I'm very comfortable with drills and hammers. So I drilled it on the door and hung it on the door, but people don't want to do that. So then I eventually added an attachment that went on to the regular hooks and then the second time I went to manufacture more, I did the over-the-door part as one unit. So it started selling. I was selling it on Amazon and Etsy and eventually Walmart. So before I moved to Florida about 
five years ago, I started seeing that people had quilts. I started seeing how people were using this and a couple of quilts showed up and I'm thinking, this really is the best direction. I love the direction. And so when I got down here, I had the time, supposedly retired, and I did a website and renamed it The Quilt Keeper because I love that reason to have it. And I've gotten involved with a lot of the quilt guilds, and I love my quilts. I have them all over my house, and I love talking to the people, and most of them are women, and I love answering their questions and getting involved and seeing They send me pictures of how they're using it, where they're using it. So it's just grew. It grew from like one a month to many, 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 many. And most of my buyers are quilters now. So it's very exciting. It's very exciting to be part of all of this. Well, thinking back, can you describe the feeling you had when you actually sold that first quilt keeper. I was very excited and I thought this was going to just be so easy going forward. And it took a long time. It took a lot of changes. I'm still learning now, but I would get one and then I would get another sale maybe a week later and then maybe another sale two weeks later. came in very slowly, but I just took this as a gift that it wasn't that I needed to do this, but I wanted to do this. So as the sales came up, I just felt blessed. So they grew and they grew. And now I'm, as I said, retired in Florida. And this is what I do. I spend my time in putting labels on them and taking them to UPS, FedEx, and the post office. (laughs) Yeah, it's changed and I still love it. Great. I was just thinking, I should have copied this picture I saw yesterday because I had already seen your product on your website, but I was on Facebook yesterday and someone posted, I'm sure it was your product, but instead of a quilt hanging on it, they were using it to hang their (laughs) cutting mats and some rulers with clips (laughs) over it. It's like, well, there's another use for your product. I know. What is that long, not a cutting mat, but when you're hanging it before you, you need to hang it in your long strips of your quilts before you put them all together. I don't know what that's called. I don't know either, but it might help keep our strips or blocks organized well. Okay. Especially if we're in a small space. That's true. But, you know, I have a friend who puts her scarves on there. She could just pull off the scarf she wants. So, you know, I said, okay. Ellen, please tell me where we can find the quilt keeper. The best place to find it, because I sell it basically for less, and I also have offers, is my website, which is thequiltkeeper.com. I also sell it on Etsy, Amazon, and Walmart, but it's better to go through my site because, again, it's handled from the very start directly for me. Now I'm selling an offer for three for ninety nine, which is a pretty good price. Yeah. 
That's great. Ellen, is there anything else you wanted to share? Just that my world has opened up now. It's really different with the quilting people. Yeah. And I just love being part of that. And I don't know if I can be a quilter, but I get look like I'm like crazy. This is a quilt. I go there and I'm like, really? It's amazing. I might do some of the panel quilts because they look a little easier. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'll let you know in the future if that happens. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for making a product that we can use in multiple ways, evidently. This will be great. Thank you. I'm honored. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.